Welcome to the new Docs in a Pod presented by WellMed. Over the next half hour, Docs in a Pod will educate you about the health and wellness of adults everywhere. Co-hosts Dr. Tamika Perry and veteran broadcaster and attorney Ron Aaron will share information to improve your health and well-being. And now, here are Ron Aaron and Dr. Tamika Perry. Well, thank you so much for joining us today on Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Tamika Perry. Uh, Dr. Perry is a doctor of osteopathy and associate medical director at WellMed. She oversees several large clinics in the Optum Care North Texas region. She also earned her undergraduate degree from Prairie View A&M University, then went on to graduate from Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine, where she was the National Health Service Corps Scholar. She completed her family medicine residency at Methodist Charlton Medical Center, where she served as chief resident. She's board certified by the American Osteopathic Board of Family Medicine and earned a master's in public health with an emphasis in health management and policy at the University of North Texas Health Science Center. In addition, Dr. Perry is a diplomat of the American Board of Obesity, and we're delighted to have her with us again as our co-host. So, Dr. Perry, it's great to be with you. Thank you. You know what? I always appreciate your introductions because I'm like, is he talking about me? Because I watch <laughs> mindless reality TV. So I'm like, can't be the same person. So I always uh, appreciate your, your introductions. But I'm super excited for us to discuss the topic of sickle cell anemia today. It affects so many people. And I think that people are unaware that their sickle cell comes in a a variety of presentations, and it's not the only um, disorder that is privy to certain populations. Most certainly other populations are privy to disorders, which we will get to discuss today. Sure. I also, we're on a, we're on a roll here because our guest last week uh, was a musician, played the uh-huh. piccolo, and our guest today, and we're going to talk with her about it, uh, is a former musician, still sings now as a musician, played a number of instruments, and you, Dr. Perry, went to Prairie View, which has the world's greatest marching band. Yes, the world's greatest marching band, the marching storm. But, you know, if we talk about our guests, I'm a little jealous because they are so robust in what they do in their music. <laughs> you know, I played saxophone in high school, but, you know, our guest today played the piano. She sings. And, well, you know what? I'm a rapper. I rap in my car on the way home. In the shower, too, I'll bet. In the shower. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, the only place I can carry a tune is in the right, shower. Right, exactly, exactly. Well, let's welcome our very special guest, uh, Dr. Luella Prechette. Dr. Prechette is at the Wellmed at Lawnwood Clinic in Fort Pierce, Florida. Uh, she earned her Doctor of Osteopathy from Philadelphia College of Osteopathic Medicine in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, completed her residency at Larkin Community Hospital in Miami, Florida, and Lower Bucks Hospital in Bristol, Pennsylvania. Dr. Prechette is board-certified in family medicine. And Dr. Prashad, I lived in Philadelphia for a period of time. It's a pretty cool city. Thanks for joining us on Docs in a Pod. You're more than welcome. And I have to say, Morgan State University band was just as good. I do I, like Prairie View. You cut I out some. I didn't. I, I'm sorry. My, she was saying, <laughs> my audio <laughs> cut out. <laughs> I well, now I got to jump you guys. in. And, I was just down there probably like three years, two years ago, and I finally uh-huh. got to see you guys, the Marching Storm, uh-huh. at the uh, Battle of the Band in Atlanta. Oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. And it was so phenomenal to see yeah. it live in person. Oh, um, yeah. But, you know, we pride ourselves at Morgan State to be, you know, in I head of it. state movie and, you know, pride it. ourselves on the best 
band director ever, Dr. Melvin Miles, who actually just retired and they had a big celebration. So I tell you, it's good to know a fellow. fellow. <laughs> now you continue with your uh, interest in music. You were telling us yeah. uh, that you sing and you sing with choirs. I and I threw out a challenge and our producer, <laughs> Natalie Bear's challenge is to arrange this. We'd love to have you sing the national anthem at a Dolphins football game. What do you think? Are you up for it? Yeah, or the Buccaneers. I forgot oh, that. Okay, well, you I go gotta, to Tampa Bay, too. Yeah, Tampa Bay either, or Miami, for sure. That's where the football, you know, lie, relies in Florida. All right, well, Natalie's <laughs> going to take care of that. And and, and Wilma will fly us all down there to uh, take in that yes. great event. Oh, nice. That would be great. That we appreciate first class. Now, <laughs> <laughs> now, you can always upgrade, Dr. Perry. You can, you, you oh, can take wow. care of that. And, and so, Dr. Prashet, uh, talk to us about sickle cell anemia uh, for a period of time it was in the news people were talking about it and now it's on the back burner once again what is it and who's at risk well sickle cell anemia is a genetic disorder um people at risk are people who actually carry are carriers of the traits of the gene um we see that in it's not only in the african-american community but also we've seen it in the mediterranean community um italy the italian community um where they have that genetic defect and so if they don't know they have the genetic defect and they definitely should get tested and then know that now um, that they doing there, it's incorporated in the genetic testing when uh, babies are born because it's it was one of those diseases that people, like you said, it was put on a back burner and people ended up with it. And a lot of um, older people don't know they have it. So, what are, what are the symptoms? Symptoms, very good. Um, symptoms are pain. Big, 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 that's the number one factor. These, uh, these patients tend to live with a lot of pain, um, pain episodes, pain crisis, which lands them in the ER as well as multiple hospitalizations. Now, is it um, isolated to a, is it the pain isolated to a body part or is it everywhere? No, there are specific sites where the pain could be found is more so like in the joints or, you know, sometimes more in the legs. Um, but for the most part, it's, it can be all over. It can be generalized. Um, but there are also other symptoms, of course, the people can present with heart attacks, strokes, um, you know, can't be can't breathe because they have a blood clot in their lung or a blood clot in their leg um, because you're more prone to clotting uh, due to the fact that wow. your red blood cells are not, you know, operable. Your now, let me let cells. folks know who, who yep. may have just joined us. You're listening to Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Tamika Perry, and we're talking from the great state of Florida with our Yay. special guest, Dr. Luella <laughs> Prashep, who is down in Fort Pierce, Florida. <laughs> well met at Lawnwood, and uh, we got a little applause out of that. That's great. You're the first <laughs> provider who has actually responded positively to the state in which you live. So we right, thank you for right. That. <laughs> and we're talking about uh, sickle cell anemia, and it was yeah. interesting for you to point out that it is not just in the African American community. Absolutely. And that's where a lot of people don't know and a lot, uh -huh. a lot of myths about it. And that's one of the reasons why awareness should be more. There should be more awareness when it comes to sickle cell, um, because it's not just African-American based. 
So if you look at that, the, the part of the world where it affects, of course, you know, African-Americans because of the slave yes. trade here, but Absolutely. Western yeah. Africa and mm-hmm. around the Mediterranean. So Southern Mediterranean, yes. Northern Africa, and then, you know, the Northern Mediterranean is Southern, yep. Southern Europe. Yep. So, you know, it's important for the clinician to be astute on that and not to... Yes just kind of disregard that population if you were to have an Italian or a Greek individual come into the office. Absolutely. And I have- But it wouldn't be top of mind for most docs, right? No. 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 Unfortunately not. When you talk about the disease itself, uh, it's genetic linked, you're saying? Yes. So one parent has to have the trait. The other parent has to also be a carrier of the trait. And so they, there's a one in four chance of their child being born with the disorder. If the parents have been screened, but not many parents have been screened, right? Yeah. In fact, I had an interesting case. I can't say where and when, but I had an older uh, person that didn't know um, they were in their nineties that didn't even know. And they came in with pain. So I found that to be very interesting. And, you know, I, I think it's, it's important. Um, people, you know, if they don't know and then they come in and they have pain and there have been links to the trait having some symptomatology as well, um, the exactly. hematologists have found. So it's not something you want to not think about. It is something to definitely put on your radar. Now, so do you have to do a genetic screen to find out if they have it, how do you figure it out? Simple blood tests, a mm-hmm. simple hemoglobinopathy profile. Oh, simple blood tests. Yeah, it just has to be on the mind of the clinician to actually think about doing that, that test. Because, you know, they may, yeah. you know, if you have the trait and the difference between the trait and the full blown disease is that if mm-hmm. all of your blood cells are abnormal or only half of them abnormal. Absolutely. So if half of them are abnormal and you decide you want to go skiing where there's, mm-hmm. you know, there's the air is thinner, the altitude is higher and you need yes. more of an oxygen demand, you may be like, I'm super short of breath. Why do my joints hurt? Right. What's going yes. on with me? Yes. And that's because you have the trait and you might not even know that you have the trait. So yeah, just a very easy blood test can point us in the direction and say, how do we need to go forth from here? And Dr. Perry, the other thing you think about is the thalassemias as well, because mm -hmm. it's not just sickle cell trait that causes complications, it's thalassemias, which are not just linked to African-Americans either. So what is that word? Thalassemia. And what is that? That also is a genetic disorder anemia. with the mm-hmm. red blood cells that's in the anemia class and can cause episodes of pain. And, and how widespread is that? Pretty, pretty widespread. Um, when it comes to percentages, you got to forgive me because these percentages, I tell you, but I would, I would go out on a limb and say 20%, maybe. Yeah, it's more common than you think. And it's, it's one of those way more that, common. Yeah, you're looking for. And, and again, is that something, uh, if we made you uh, king of the universe for a day, would you screen <laughs> every newborn for uh, these various ailments? Absolutely. Absolutely. Let me tell you what I would do. I would actually screen um, individuals like they, almost like they used to, like a good blood test before you decided to get married. Um, so mm, you would know. So when you're having, you know, um, yeah. you decide to start a family, you know, what are my chances of passing one of these anemias on to my children if in fact I do have them. Right. That's interesting. We don't permit that anymore. It was a, a violation of personal space, I guess. Mm-hmm. 
Interesting. I'm old enough to remember when you had to have a blood test in order yeah, to get a, a marriage license. Mm -hmm. My mom and dad mentioned that. And I'm so like, what are you guys mine. talking about? Yeah, like, Absolutely. what are you talking yeah. about? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they do do that. I know they do that in the Muslim um, community. Oh, do they? Yes, they do. They have to get a blood test still to get married because some of really? my Muslim, a lot of my Muslim patients, absolutely Islam. Yeah. And what are they looking for in that blood test? Um, I think just anything. I think anything that, you know, would be abnormal. A gen if they could get like a, some sort of genetic screen indefinitely. Because yeah. as I recall, as a kid, they were looking for venereal disease. Yes. STDs was one of them. Yeah. Huh. Kind of you that came in and they're asking for testing because they're getting married. Now, for your 90 year old who uh, you discovered had the uh, trait for sickle cell anemia, mm -hmm. what's the treatment? Um, well, in that case, I mean, it's just pain manage management is the biggest thing. Hydration. And I actually talk to a lot of my patients um, with sickle cell to stay hydrated. Um, water. I'm, I'm, I'm dead serious. Water. Um, trying to keep their weight under control. Of course, diet and exercise, making sure, especially with cardiovascular diseases and, um, you know, the high potential for it with a Western diet. That's important. Um, and then making sure they land a good hemoglobin that can direct them and steer them, depending on how severe some are, they actually get um, blood transfused and they have to, that's what, how they're living now. And then the other class can go on medications and then also watching for infections. That's All right, now stay with us. We're going to come right back to you. We're talking uh, with our very special guest in Lawnwood Clinic in Fort Pierce, Florida, Dr. Luella Prichette. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Tamika Perry, you're listening to Docs in a Pod. Hi, it's Drew Pearson for my friends at WellMed. As a Hall of Famer, I love it when a quarterback and receiver have a great connection. You can be part of a great connection too. Connecting WellMed's high-quality healthcare with the highest-rated Medicare Advantage plan helps you focus on staying healthy. Call 210-436-6005 or visit wellmedhealthcare.com connect. Drew Pearson is a paid spokesperson. Other plans are accepted. For full enrollment details, visit medicare.gov. We're so delighted you're sticking with us right here on Docs in a Pod. I'm Ron Aaron, along with our co-host, Dr. Tamika Perry, and Dr. Luella Prichette is with us. She's Wellman at Lawnwood in Fort Pierce, Florida, a provider there, a doctor of osteopathy, and we're talking about, uh, at the moment, sickle cell anemia. And before we move on to other specific genetic-related rela diseases, uh, when you think about this disease, sickle cell anemia, Dr. Prichette, uh, is there more research needed, more uh, new approaches, more medication? I would say absolutely always. Medicine is a dynamic science. It's a dynamic career. It's a dynamic um, place, you know, where things change. We learn of new ideas and new developments every day. Um, there, you know, there's a lot that needs to be learned even more about it. Um, in reference to, you know, preventive prevention, I think methods. Um, and then, you know, one of the definitive treatments is bone marrow transplant. Um, some people have definitely gone that far, depending on how young, I guess, or how, you know, how severe um, in terms of even 
continuing on with um, life because your life uh, expectancy is cut short. So, I mean, there definitely can always be with any condition, there always could be more to, to be learned, more to be discovered. Um, so, so with a bone important. marrow transplant, do you begin producing healthy red blood cells? Absolutely. But and you right. Go ahead. Dr. And is that a permanent fix? Well, it can be. Yes. Um, the only issue is, of course, you're dealing with rejection. You're dealing with finding the match. You're dealing with the pain. Um, and then, of course, a failed um, situation in the in the end. But that is considered the definitive treatment. You know, the, the Go ahead, oh, Dr. Sorry, Perry. Ron. You know, the mm -hmm. thing socially that I wanted to mention about sickle cell anemia sure. is that the, the major treatment for it now is just controlling the pain and that pain controls yeah. with massive amounts of narcotics. Absolutely. So what happens is, is that we get these patients accustomed to taking these narcotics for pain control. And then by the time yeah. they get to be an adult, we kind of throw them away in the, yeah. in the medical system and we, we label them as addicts. Yeah. And in essence, yeah. we have done that because there's no adequate treatment besides a bone marrow transplant in which there are this many people on the list and rejection is super high. So my answer for the question is absolutely yes, there needs to be more research for sickle cell anemia. When you talk about uh, heavy duty uh, pain meds, uh, of course, most of the attention, unfortunately, as it should be, is on addiction. Uh, but the reality is, how do you keep somebody on heavy duty pain meds? Without, without turning them, them into an addict. We effectively, the medical community effectively makes this population addicts by the time they are adults. I mean, we just, we need to admit that that's what happened because there's no other effective treatment. So we just treat, the, there's no other effective treatment for the pain part of it. So we just give them massive amounts of narcotics. And then when they become addicts by 18, 19, 20, they say, oh, look at that person. Why are they like that? Exactly. And that's what's so sad because it becomes, it's a, sick, a stigma attached to it, especially with mm -hmm. opiate crisis that plays into it. Um, and that's why I said another issue would be to learn, teach prevention teach prevention of, or trying to help them with learning lifestyle changes that can help them to not have so many pain crises, to not need the massive loads of pain medication. Of course, you can't tell them that that's what's interesting about them. They make a good pain model. You know, when you're trying to study chronic pain and understand chronic pain, they're a good model for it um, because they they know pain. You know, <laughs> so at this point, I mean, again, it's it's just helping them to understand the lifestyle that they need to leave, and they probably can tell you. But we that have to find some kind of way in prevention. I think will be good if we could and educating them and educating the patient and helping them understand that you, you don't have to live in that type of, you know, situation, or you, you don't have to become 18 year old as an addict or 20 year old as an addict. It can, it can change. It can be better. On the, on the pain scale, one to 10, they're at 20, right? All the time. Yeah. Majority wow. of the time. Yes. Especially in their in advanced age. That's why it's so important because, you know, we, we can, we treat advanced age patients, um, you know, and with well-med, um, you know, senior, more so seniors. Medicare eligible Medicare seniors. Medicare eligible, exactly. And so in that case, if we do encounter someone that does have it or do have it, um, you, again, it's, it's, it's how do we go from, what do we go from there? What do we do? You know, what, what would be the best approach with this patient population? Now, is it's that just, a diagnosis uh, that a doctor doesn't want to look at because they no. can't, they can't fix it? 
I don't think so. Because that's like with anything, with even like something like um, an untreatable, like you said, like Huntington's or, right. you know, cystic fibrosis or, you know, routine muscular dystrophy or what have you, you know, any type of uh, genetic or untreatable or uncurable, we would say, condition, autoimmunity, wow. lupus, then we have to take them on and we yeah, have to come you up mentioned, with um you mentioned uh, Huntington's disease and Ron is Jewish and, you know, there are other, you know, and that's something that's privy to the Jewish population, not a hundred percent privy, but most certainly we've seen it in higher incidences. So there's, there's several disorders like cystic fibrosis that's mm-hmm. mainly in a Caucasian population, Huntington's, certain type of breast cancers that's privy yes. to certain Jewish populations that we as a clinician and the population needs to be aware of. But at the end of the day, we're people and people need to treat people. Correct. And especially in America exactly. where we're this big, melting pot and so you know i have an african-american patient who you wouldn't mistake of anything but african-american but she has a you know um um, or have had in the past a, a type of uh disorder that's privy to a jewish population and when we did genetic testing the percentage was high enough there and it was there. So at the end of the day, we need to be aware as clinicians that this is a person and let me look for something in this person. What do these symptoms match? You mentioned cystic fibrosis. Mm -hmm. We have a friend whose granddaughter has cystic fibrosis Mm -hmm. and it is, for those who don't know, uh, their lungs fill up with fluid. They simply can't breathe. And uh, 30, 40 years ago, they died before they were 18, 19, 20 mm-hmm. years old. Mm-hmm. The treatment now keeps them alive much longer, does it not? Correct. It does. it does. Yeah. And that's what we're saying, you know, when it comes to any type of chronic condition, that's one of the reasons why research is so important and the research and, and understanding the lifestyle, understanding the academia, understanding the underlying cause, um, working towards initiatives to educate working towards initiative to come up with new modalities of treatment to sustain life um, because people are living longer, people are living stronger. So I, you know, it's important. I used to say to my mom who uh, lived into her early nineties is "Hey, mom, how's it going? And she would say (laughs) to me, she'd say, you know, Ronnie, everything hurts. Oh, Was she talking about you? <laughs> well, I was a very active child. I'm sure oh, I caused nice, a great nice. deal of pain in her early life, for sure. Yeah. And the, but, and the nice thing about it, when you talk about, you know, people with sickle cell, that they can, they definitely can live, still live a, ha- a healthy, active life. I just, I participated in a um, walk like years ago and I watched, actually, it was a physician that actually had it. I think she was in about her forties at the time or fifties and she was out there running. It was, you know, it was a walk and she was, she was doing a marathon and we're looking at her and she's like, I'm great. And, <laughs> so, and she had sickle cell anemia. She had sickle cell anemia. Wow. She did. As you look yes. at other diseases that affect specific populations, are, are these things you, you ordinarily screen for in the first exam when they first come in, you do a blood test for everything? Yes. Um, you, are you speaking? Oh, no. On my, in my end? No, I can't just do it. It will have to be high on the radar. So one of the things you would run is a CBC, like a ble- complete blood count, which most people do. Most of my colleagues, most of us do in medicine. And when we do our regular you know, CBC, then they would notice that there was an abnormality there. That doesn't make much sense. 
because sometimes they can have normal hemoglobin, normal mm. hematocrit. I know you're wondering what that means, but right. um, you know, um, normal values, but then there's this one little value that just obscure, like we call it the MCV, like the blood cell doesn't look right or it doesn't, it's not sitting right. It's, it's always there. You're like, what? And then they're having these symptoms and you're saying, what is going on? That should raise a flag. A lot of these other genetic disorders that are privy to certain populations, there's no good screening test for them. It's it's, yeah. it's a matter of taking a good family history and a matter yeah. of listening to your patient based on the symptoms that they are having. So, you know, it's like we, we don't have a test to screen for it. And one would wish that our parents and grandparents did a better job of, of diagnosing what was going on so that the next generation would know. Yeah, correct. Most certainly correct. Absolutely. If our parents are educated, we're educated or no, I think this generation in this, you know, in this time frame, will we are to be at the millennials, I forget generation X, one of us, but we have more knowledge to share with our children, if you ask me, right. because medicine, again, is dynamic. So we can definitely pinpoint a lot more and be able to pass the bar in, the, in terms of a legacy, you know? Well, that's perfect. We had to stop you right here. We are flat out of time. You're a delight to talk with Dr. Thank Luella Prechette. And uh, we should have had you sing a bar or two, but no time <laughs> for that. For Dr. Prechette, for our co-host, Dr. Tamika Perry, I'm yes. Ron Aaron. Thanks for joining us on Docs in a Pod. Executive producers for Docs in a Pod are Dan Calderon and Leah Madrano. Our producer is Isaac Wilker. And associate producers are Natalie Ibarra and Maurice Hudson. Thank you for listening to Docs in a Pod, presented by WellMed. We welcome your emails with suggestions and comments on this program at radio at wellmed.net. And be sure and tune in next week for another edition of Docs in a Pod with Dr. Tamika Perry and Ron Aaron.